We are so excited you've decided to listen to this week's sermon podcast. Hey, we release sermon podcasts weekly, so be sure to follow us and hit that notification bell so you can be notified when episodes are released. God bless and enjoy. Spirit and in my soul and in my mind, and uh, I want to I preach tonight. I'm going to meddle a little bit, uh, but it'll be good. You'll leave blessed, I promise you, if you'll open your heart up. It's going to be very practical, almost schoolish for a little bit. And even in the beginning, we won't do a whole lot of spiritual application. uh, But in the end, we'll get there. Amen. Before we pray and before we're seated, I want to just say one more thing. Brother Jaden, thank you for all the work that you've been doing. We finally got fiber optics at the church. It's not on and running, but I mean, hey, it's a big deal to have internet here. Uh, we've, been, we've, we've been paying for four different internets just to get the systems running, and then they don't always run good. And so uh, tomorrow we'll have our routers hooked up and and it'll all be rolling. And then our uh, our security team got a little upgrade. Still have a bunch of guys running around looking like a police force. We got one guy, one service, sitting and can see everything that's happening on the premises outside. And that's good because six or eight of our strong men don't need to miss every service. We've been having church 6,000 years without the police. And they're useful, and we hope they don't ever have to be used, but uh, we got a better setup now, and I'm thankful to see our guys in the building tonight, but still securing your belongings. And I think we ought to give them a hand clap. It's been a sacrifice that's made. Amen. I want us to pray. We'll share the verse here in just a little bit. Lord, touch us tonight. Let us hear the word. Let us understand it. Let us respond to it. Go with us tonight. Remind us who we are, whose we are, where we are, and where we're going. And don't let us spend too much time on where we've been. Let us get our eyes focused on you and move forward and accomplish the goals you've set before us. We thank you. Ask you for a special anointing in this place. Thank you for already touching me today and for the work you're already doing We'll give you praise and honor and glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. If you believe all that's going to happen, just give the Lord a hand clap. Amen. 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 You may be seated. Ashley, I sure have enjoyed seeing you at church on Wednesday nights. And Roland. And... uh, each service and I got a chance to visit with them today after the service and I told them I was going I was going to call them right out from the pulpit if they if they showed up. I guess they wasn't scared. And uh glad to see you and this is where you belong. Amen. Amen. I mentioned this here a while back and preached uh very much along the lines a number almost 10 years ago and it's Something that I see, something I run into uh, a couple of days ago on a very big scale. And uh, I want to just talk to you. There's a, 
There's a sickness in our world. How many believe that? Just, just all by itself. Uh, it really is destroying our society. I mean, I don't like to talk about politics much, and I'm not going to talk about politics in and of itself, except for the fact that we're so divided. Not we, but the world. I mean, uh, and there's an interesting thing happening all across our world, especially in our European nations. Uh, I don't know if you keep up with world news or not, but for whatever reason, this election cycle that's been happening over the last 60 days or so around the world, not, not in our nation uh, for a few more weeks, but there, there has been a very, very hard, I mean a, a 90 degree at least, in a lot of cases, 180 degree turn away from a liberal movement to a conservative movement. And uh, Italy is is they're going crazy because they, I mean they think it's the end of the world because people that believe in Christian conservative values are being elected. I mean, has anybody been hearing it or seeing it? It's been several nations across the uh, the EU and and and, and around uh, Britain. Uh, 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 Johnson stepped down as prime minister, and now someone much more. Uh, conservative, uh, much more Christ-like by her uh, definition of, of politics. And it, it's just a, it's a very interesting thing what's happening. But in all of this, it, it's propelling this, this disease of comparison and, and dividing and uh, who can do what and who's best and who, who's in charge and who, who's, it's terrible. Well, for both of you, amen. And it is a disease. There's a sickness that doctors can't heal. Psychologists can't talk enough. Psychiatrists can't talk enough. Not the exact same, but do a similar work. Physicians can't prescribe drugs that change this disease enough. You don't usually see it on people's face, but you see it in their actions and you see it in their conversation. Oh, here we go. Do, do we, how many people do we have in here that's got medical training, even if it's just a little bit? I just wish you'd stand, just so, just so everybody can see you. I know there's some more that I see you. I know who you are. I could call your name. And you've had some training and you just ain't standing for whatever reason. But maybe your feet are hurting. We pray over you. Amen. So we've got a considerable amount of people in the room that knows a little bit about medicine. Thank the Lord for that. But I want you to know that your field is failing us. Well, you didn't think he was going to be asked to stand for that, did you? Uh, but it, it's just something that can't be fixed. It, it, it's going to come down to one moment. It's going to come down to one event. It's going to come down to a moment in the baptistry. There's a sickness that uh, depression drugs are not going to fix. Another drink is not going to fix. 
rolling up another marijuana cigarette is not going to change. Now, there could be things. There's doctors that prescribe virtually all of those things nowadays. But when it's all said and done, there is a band-aid for a lot of things. But there's only a cure one way. Oh, man. And I want to just talk to us a little bit today out of 2 Corinthians, and you're going to notice very quickly what this sickness is. And I mentioned it the other night, and it just it's got a grip on me, and I'm going to teach and preach and meddle for a little bit. 2 Corinthians 10 and 12. And just please stay seated. I know you would stand and, and, unless you just feel like you need to, and then go ahead. But we're, we're good tonight. For we dare not make ourselves of the number. Did you hear that? Or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves. That's deep. But they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Now, I want to talk to you for a little bit on the thought that we are in critical condition. We really are as, as a people, as a society. But we're in the wrong ER. Oh, we're fixing to preach. Not all ERs can handle every situation. I, Sister Laura's standing and, and Sister Donna been in the field for, and she's not an elder, by the way. Although I, <laughs> she's been in the field a while, Brother Rodney. How long have you been in the field now? 30 years? 25, 28, 30? And so, and of course, my wife, when we met, she was getting ready to go to work on a helicopter and, and, and save the world uh, as a paramedic. And so, but in any event, uh, there are people that know a few things about what I'm about to say, but I've done a fresh study today. I've always known that there are certain trauma levels. And there are certain places that can only handle certain situations. And so I began to just do a little study. And I'm only going to share the first one with you. There's five levels of, of trauma. And then there's two for pediatrics, levels one and two. And, and five levels of trauma, one, two, three, four, and five. With number one being the one that uh, will triage and take care of the most critical patients. If you have terrible car incident and there's somebody over here who says, I think my shoulder's bruised and somebody over here whose shoulder's on the ground, they're going to take one to a level of three, four, or five. We call those Band-Aid stations sometimes, although they have some abilities. But then the ones that are very severe, uh, it happens, we see it all the time because we live not far from the airport. Helicopter comes over, meets the uh, ambulance at the airport quite often so, on the weekend, multiple times in a day. It happens. And they transport people because they don't want to send them to Sunnyvale. They don't want to send them to Kaufman. They want to get them to Big Baylor or, or Medical City or somewhere. And it's the best way to beat the traffic. They want to get past uh, the smaller places and get to a place that can really, really treat the, the most terrible of injuries. And it's at these places that there's always 24-7 a surgeon on call or on location rather. 
There's somebody there that can read every picture that's taken from a CT scan or an MRI, X-ray, whatever. There's, uh, there's people that can put you to sleep, anesthesiologists, and, and make things right. In this level one trauma center, it's as though someone is always already there that needs them. They're there, they're present, they're ready to work and it should be the case by American standards according to what I read today. But there's a different situation going on in our world and Paul writes to the church at Corinth and he says, here's the problem you've got. you got a problem where you're trying to be as good as the one beside you. Uh, more than that he said you're trying to compete with the one that's declared how good they are folks let me tell you something we can get in a story telling competition and I can always one up you every time and you can one up me well, I had a wreck one time. Oh, yeah, but you don't understand. I had a wreck, and we flipped five times. Oh, yeah, but I think we flipped six times. My car had $20,000 worth of damage. Well, my car had $120,000. i have even heard preachers say we had a 100-soul revival. And he, he can't nobody even get excited about that until somebody said we had 200. What about your little 100 going to hell? Who cares? We had 200. I mean, it can creep in everybody. And it's a spirit that, it's a competitive spirit. It's a spirit that, that wants to be more than. And he, he tells the, the Corinthian church, he says, you've got a situation and, and you're not being wise. And he's not the first one to write about it. As a matter of fact, he is echoing the wisest man to ever pen words, which would be Solomon for us. And so I want to go to his Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 4 through 6, and read this again. And he says again, this lets us know it's already happened one time at least. Again, I considered all travail and every right work. And for this a man is envied of his neighbor. This is also vanity and vexation of spirit. Folks, vexation is right next to demon possession. Boy, you ain't even heard that from the pulpit in a long time, have you? Some don't believe it can happen. It can. Go talk to your kids in depth. See what they're exposed to. Hello. He said it's vanity and vexation of spirit. Watch what he says. He said, The fool foldeth his hands together and eateth his own flesh. Better is a handful with quietness than both the hands full with travail and vexation of spirit. He said, It'd be better for a person to sit there and never say a word than a bragger. I, I, I hate three spirits. I hate four spirits. The first one's a spirit of division. I hate it. I hate it. It's of the devil. It's, it's, it's wrong. It's, it's not right. Uh, and then, and then I, I, I don't like the, the spirit of a liar. 
I don't like the spirit of a thief, and I don't like the spirit of a bragger. I'm not talking about somebody that testifies about their blessing. I'm just talking about somebody that theirs is always better than yours. But it's a spirit that's crept into the world and into society and from the beginning, not me, not LifePoint Church, not, not an organization, not some book writer that we read or follow or some sermon series, but according to scripture, the wisest man to ever live said, this happens. And then possibly the greatest writer to ever live come back and tells the New Testament church, you're all messed up. You're all messed up. It's, it's almost a spirit of being filled with a satanic spirit to always be comparing yourself and lifting yourself above the one beside you. But crazy enough, this is not who he's talking to. He's talking to the people that feel belittled by these people. It's bad enough being the one lifting up. He said, that's of the devil. But if that's of the devil, who wants to be beneath what's of the devil? Whoa, that's going to preach right here in a minute. I like it. The, the wisest man. And, and, and let me just get to it. I said that uh, we're, we're critical, but we're at the, the wrong ER. And here's why I say this. Because what the writer says when he, when he reads this out to us and spells this out to us, he says, then I observed. Watch this, the New Living Translation. I want to just share it with you as a concordance, uh, if you will, or a commentary rather. Here's what he says, and you can put that back up if you'd like, Brother Beckham, uh, 4 and 4 through 6. Here's what the commentary said. Then I observed that most people are motivated to success because they envy their neighbors. You plant one tree, I'll plant two. You build a swimming pool, I'll build one with a diving rock. That's what he says. But this too is meaningless like chasing the wind. Fools fold their idle hands leading them to ruin. And yet, better to have one handful with quietness than two handfuls with hard work and chasing the wind. That's what the wisest man to ever live says. And here is what he says. He says that we're driven by envy. Folks, I want to tell you, we live in a world that's driven by, if you're going to say something about me, and it might be the truth, I'm going to say something worse about you and create a lie. Political ads, my grandmother would work me over about this, but I'm still going to use the word because she's not here to defend herself. She can get me when I get to glory. But some of this stuff makes me want to puke because I don't really care what, what, what letter is beside your name. Everybody's not as bad as they're made out to be. Everybody's not a thief. Everybody's not in an affair. Everybody, I mean, I'm, come on, y'all. Oh yeah, I know how I feel, I know how I vote, I know what I love and I know what I follow and I know what my conservative values are. But I'm just going to say this right here. We have went from, I can do this to help you, instead of saying that, Brother Jojo and I are running against each other in, in the primaries, and instead of me saying, hey, I'll help you get your road paved, I'll spend my money saying, He's a thief and don't believe a word he says. 
folks. That's of the devil. I don't care who your candidate is. It's of the devil when the job is always to tear somebody down and make them less than you. Oh. And too many of us are falling into this thing where we compare ourselves among ourselves and the Apostle Paul writes to us and we live in a world where we need to be rich. Er. E-R. We're critical, but we're in the wrong ER. We think being richer will change it. Being bigger will change it. Being skinnier will change it. Being smarter will change it. Being faster will change it. I want to preach to some people that if we would learn to be godlier, you see, The world tries to triage me by saying, if you got a fast car, I'll drive a dragster. And if you drive a dragster, I'll drive a jet car. Come on. If you got a boat, I've got got three jet skis. If you got three jet skis, I've got a yacht. If you got a yacht, I got a Learjet. If you got a Learjet, I created the internet. Hey, somebody needs to hear me right now. We're living in the wrong ER. We're sitting in a waiting room trying to get this old life better when we ought to be getting ready for the next life because who knows when our day and our time... I'd have never believed, I'd have never thought a week ago today that I would have stood over a friend that I've known since 1980 or maybe a little bit before. 51 years old. I'd have never believed a week ago that today I would spend my day trying to comfort his family and speak a few good words over him. But I wanted to speak to you and tell you something right now. What we've got to do is we've got to be something different than richer, bigger, skinnier, smarter, faster. we got to get in the right ER because we need to get in a level five trauma center that Jesus Christ is the chief, that Jesus Christ is the great physician. He's the only one that's going to settle internal situations. God didn't call me to teach like you. He didn't call you to preach like me. He didn't call me to sing like you. He didn't call me to pastor like the guy down the road. He called me to be in the ER that'll feed my soul, that'll settle what... Y'all need to hear me right now. Somebody hear me. Listen to me right now. Social media and television and recordings. And I don't have it and I thank the Lord I don't because I'm not real sure how TikTok works. But I hear there's a lot of bad stuff on TikTok. I see a few heads shaking. Some of them was younger folks. You know it. You've seen it. You've witnessed it. But I want to tell you something. What happens on Facebook and what happens on TikTok and what happens on YouTube and used to be MySpace and I think that's gone with the wind about 15 years ago. That's my time frame of keeping up. I mean, I had a a phone that said four on the back of it until recently. (laughs) I mean, this is like a... First generation won't take an update. You can't speak to this one and it record. I'm just give me a new one though in Jesus' name. It's about to happen. But somebody needs to hear what I'm telling you right now. That we live in a world of highlight reels. 
We see everybody else's children dressed up and their teeth are nice and white and their hair's combed and it just so happens there was a perfect tree right there for them. You know, I mean, you just, just caught them just right on, on, on their nice side. But what you didn't see is they got kicked out of school this morning. You didn't see why yours are making A's and B's and, and C's and happy with it. I was a C student, D sometimes. Fact, I didn't make no A's till high school and a lot of that wasn't real. <laughs> I figured out how to beat the system. But somebody hear me right now. I want you to understand what I'm preaching to you right now. That we look at a world and we say, how is it that they're blessed? And I'm sitting on a church pew giving two days of my week and paying my tithes and offerings and building fun and working around the church and spending time. They got new cars and new houses. Let me tell you something. They're fighting bankruptcy every month. They can't pay for it. They can't deal with it. Here's what it is. They're living in a highlight reel and sucking you into it. And you want to know, why is it? I'm doing what I do, and I don't have anything. We're in the wrong ER. We're trying to be bigger, better, richer, prettier, handsomer, studlier, knockouter. And Brother Rod thinks back there flexing. Hey, I want somebody to hear me right now. Do you know who your daddy is? I think sometimes we forgot. Bill Gates is not your daddy. Come on. Just because some guy can fly to a moon and owns a platform don't mean he's better than you. You've got a God who gave us a name that there's no other name. I'm not Gates, I'm not Musk, I'm not Biden, I'm not Trump, I'm not any other names. I'm just a little half-cock and the Lord Jesus Christ is my daddy and I'm not trying to keep up with the standards of the world. Y'all pray for me for just a moment. I just need a touch in my voice right now. I want somebody to listen to me preach right now. You are better. You are bigger. You are stronger. You are tougher. You are all of these things. Greater than these shall ye do in my name, said the man that healed the blind and raised the dead. And co- We start trying to live our life in facts according to their highlight reels. We drive cars we can't afford because our neighbors got them. We live in houses we don't belong in. We live in neighborhoods that, we, that somebody tells us how high our grass can be and how loud our dog can bark. Hey, I'm not preaching against it. Here's all I'm saying is if we're doing it because somebody else is doing it, that's the next thing to being possessed by the enemy. I'm proud, and I mean this. I'm Holy Ghost proud that we got a couple of Audis and a couple of, we got a Maserati sitting on our parking lot. And I'm proud of that. I mean that. I'm happy about that. Those people are blessed, and they're a blessing to the church. But I'm going to tell you something. I won't show up tomorrow in a Maserati because it's above my pay grade. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. Come on. 
The Lord placed us in places. I'm glad there's a BMW out there tonight. I'm glad there's a family that shows up if they come separately. They're both in black Cadillacs. Yeah, with nice rims and tires and stereo systems and leather and sunroof. I love it. They're probably watching tonight because they were called and had to work like Sneeds. I'm glad you have those things. But I'm going to tell you, if I go out and do it because you're doing it, that's of the devil. I need to quit worrying about who else has success and who else sings a part and who else, y'all ain't hearing me, who else has got a place, who else teaches a class, who else is working in the youth, who gets to teach, who gets to preach, who got the calling, who missed out. You will have whatever blessings you desire just through your own actions. Whoa. The reason some folks' marriage is not going to survive is because they're comparing their wife to everybody else's. Well, first of all, she's 30 years younger. And gravity does not have a full grip yet. Happy 92nd birthday, Brother Darling. Right on cue. Happy birthday, Brother Brian Emerson. Happy birthday. Hey, somebody listen to me right now. It's like that old boy. Matter of fact, the, the, the story is told. He's 92 in the story. He's great. He works right now. He's 92. I tell it twice a year. He goes to the doctor and says, hey, I need to get a physical. He said, why? He said, I'm fixing to get married. He said, okay, so we'll do a physical. He said, so who's the lucky lady? And he tells her, well, he tells her name. And he said, well, how is she? He said, she's good. He said, well, you're 92. How old is she? He said, 23. Doctor said, you know, with that kind of age difference, it could create some dangerous situations, don't you? He said, if she dies, she dies. (laughs) Hey, here's what I want to tell you, folks. Just because he got rid of his... And I don't even believe in the term old lady, but I'll say it for the sake of the message in the world, because he got rid of his old lady and got a new one shouldn't mean that everybody else ought to be looking for one too. That's a spirit of the devil. That's a spirit of Satan that has come over people and we end up with a spirit of less than and we don't even acknowledge who we really are. She had you that first baby boy. Now you're mad because the next two years she don't feel the same and she don't look the same. Don't ask for no more. End of story. She can't help it. She can't change it. Hey, are we okay? We're good? I told you I was going to meddle a little bit. Here's what we've got to do. We've got to be happy with what we signed up for. And then we've got to look at everything else that walks by and says, boy, I'm glad I ain't got to keep up with that one. I got the prettiest one in the house. And I ain't got a nary complaint. 
I'm not looking for 220s or 225s to take her place. Here's what I'm happy with. I'm happy right where I'm at. I'm blessed right where I'm at. I'm blessed in this church as your pastor with these people in this building. I'm blessed. I'm happy right here. And when God gets ready to give us a stamp of approval to make a move, we won't shout it to the church that can't do it. We'll shout it for the blessings of God. Somebody needs to help me preach right now. You ought to get happy with who you are and you won't worry about anybody else. You know, I'd I'd like to have shoulders as broad as Chris's. That'd be pretty cool. But wouldn't I look funny? Oh, you got the hide for it. I've got the hair for it. But my brother. Hey. There's several of them, Brother Rodney. Brother Rodney was back there doing that a while ago. He's he's cutting up, but that's just old stuff. I mean, walks around the hospital chewing gum and telling everybody else what to do. He probably gets in the trenches every now and then, but I've seen his fingernails. He ain't been there much. Hey, somebody needs to hear me. We need to get happy and quit showing up at a triage and said, I need more. I gotta be bigger. I gotta be better. I gotta be stronger. I gotta fix this and change that. No, you need to get happy with what God's called you to do and do that to the best of your abilities. Yeah, I've heard men say, get skinny, old lady, and the men are just hanging around, all the way around. I'd be a lot more attracted to, I've had had men dumb enough to come into what used to be my office, soon they'll come over there, probably some of the same ones, and say, pastor, it's just left me. She gained 10 pounds a year. The women always get stuck with that. Bro, go home. Stand in front of the mirror before a shower and tell her how much you love her. See, some of y'all think this is ignorant preaching. I'm I'm proud for the ones that think it's ignorant because some others are taking it to heart because they're dealing with it. She used to talk so sweet to me. He used to be such a gentleman. He used to open the door for me. When's the last time he got up at 5 o'clock and made him coffee and breakfast and carried it to him in bed? Come on, men. Where you at? Boy, the women were cheering. Did y'all hear that a while ago? All of a sudden, it sounds like two out-of-sync mockingbirds in here trying to sing. Nobody's saying nothing. It's why homes don't work. But Solomon speaks in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, and here's what he says. Rotting and dying from the inside out, wearing a beautiful smile, clapping your hands, singing the songs of church, but in the wrong ER. 
Because you walk in and they look prettier and they look nicer and they sing better and their microphone's louder and they have a spot that's bigger. And you can never be happy until you first conquer the calling that he asked you to conquer. See, he caused you to raise that family. He's called you to be what you are. He's called you. Don't be offended. Don't be bothered by it. This is what you have. If you could ever get happy with you and if I could ever get happy with me, how happy could we all be? The west wants to be the east and the east wants to be the west. The north wants to be the south and the south wants to be... But remember, I live in South Terrell. I do. I live in South Terrell. But I also live in North Forney. And North Kaufman. Oh, I live in East Dallas. But I live in West Tyler. The point is, folks, everybody's south is somebody else's north. And if you'll get happy on your GPS, if you, whoo, I just felt the Holy Ghost. If you'll get happy with your shout and your dance and your song, and if you'll get happy with your children and your family, you'll be in the right ER. I got to hurry because it's been 35 minutes. Ecclesiastes 2 and 12 through 17. And I turned myself to behold wisdom and madness and folly. For what can a man do that cometh after the king? Even that which hath been already done. Then I saw that wisdom excelleth folly. You hear that? Wisdom excelleth folly as far as light excelleth darkness. The wise man's eyes are in his head and the fool walketh in darkness. And I myself perceived also that one event happeneth to them all. Then said I in my heart as it happeneth to the fool, so it happeneth even to me. And why was I then more wise? Then I said in my heart that this also is vanity. For there is no remembrance of the wise more than the fool forever. Folks, when you die, what he's saying, you're gone. And your memory, if you're smart, ain't going to be any better than those that died ignorant. Seeing that which now is in the days to come shall all be forgotten. And how dieth the wise man? His heart stops. How does a rich man die? Just like a poor man. How does a surgeon die? Just like a crackhead. How does a preacher die? Just like an alcoholic. Let that sink in a minute. You see, that dash on your tombstone, this just comes to me right now. It ain't in my notes. There's a born date and a death date. And the only thing that matters is that dash. What did you do between that date and that date? Ooh, let me share 
the commentary of that last one. If you go back to verse 12, Brother Beckham. So I decided to compare wisdom with foolishness and madness. For who can do this better than I, the king, I thought. Wisdom is better than foolishness, just as light is better than darkness. For the wise can see where they are going, but fools walk in dark. Yet I saw that the wise and the foolish share the same fate. Both will die. So I said to myself, since I will end up the same as the fool, what's the value of all my wisdom? This is all so meaningless. For the wise and the foolish both die. The wise will not be remembered any longer than the fool. In the days to come, both will be forgotten. So I came to hate life because everything done here under the sun is so troubling. Everything is meaningless like chasing the wind. He said, I hated life because I lived in the world of E.R. They are better than me a person that struggles with that I wish you'd stand oh I'm not asking the whole church to stand hear me a person that sometimes struggles with that person's got it together they're a little better they're a little then I'm preaching to the right crowd and I was going to try to single out three or four people but clearly there's way too many for that but I want you to know something there's nobody in this building there's nobody outside this building there's nobody in the biggest church There's there's nobody in in the great center with 55,000 people in Houston. There's no better in Bishop Jake's church. There's no better in First Baptist. There's no better in any church, anywhere. There's not a better you than you. And when the Lord's through with you, He will check you out. Until then, you and I have to be the best version of ourselves. That's good right there. I don't care who said it. Nobody is a better version of Curtis Worthington than Curtis Worthington. Brothers and sisters, Nobody is a better version of Rima Spurgeon than Rima Spurgeon. There's not a better version of Tony Webb walking on the face of the planet Earth or anywhere else that life lives and dwells. There's not a better version than Tony Webb. Sister Shira, I'm glad you're standing. I've known all these people a long time, and but probably the majority of them I have not known as long as known as long as I've known you. But here's what I know: that in the last few months, y'all have been in a broken time. I told my wife yesterday. I said, if it hadn't have been for the funeral and maybe making somebody else feel in a bad way, this would be the first time in ten years that some church did not celebrate Brother Brian as their pastor for his birthday. I can only imagine how he's going to feel on Wednesday, walking in and nobody done anything but said happy birthday. Would I be right? In saying it's the first time in 10 years. But you know what? Let me speak to you. You've called me your pastor for 19 years. In a couple of months. 19 years. If you'll be the best right here. 
right here. Don't get sour. Don't get bitter. Don't get bothered. Don't get sidetracked. Don't say what if, how come, and why not. But if you'll be the best, Brian Emerson, right here. That is where your honor will be. Because there's not a better you than you. Now let's get to the right ER. Sister Beckham, thank you for that 35 minutes. Don't ever stop. Please continue to do that. I'm just going to take my liberty for a moment. I'm about done. If you want to remain standing, that's fine. How about we go to this one? Godly. Er. Boy, you'll, you'll find the right ER real quick. Holy. Pure. Clean. Worship. Lovely. Help. Sing. Dance. Teach. Preach. Happy. Close. You'll make sure you get in the right ER. And let the surgeon deal with your trauma. The great physician. See, we got women in here that's been hurt by some abuser in the past. They feel like they'll never get any better. Relationships will never have any real meaning because of the trauma. Let me tell you something. Get in the right ER. Get in here to a level one and say, God, take my heart out. Take my brain out. Make me anew. Fix me. Change me. Oh, I don't feel some great prophetic utterance, but I feel like the water has been troubled a little bit right here. I think our antennas are up. Here's what I'm going to invite you to do at 824. I'm assuming it changed from when I looked. At 824 on Wednesday night, today's the 12th. Of October 2022. I wonder. Don't beg. Don't ask. Don't plead. Don't declare. Don't claim. But I wonder. Is there some people that's really. Been battling in the wrong ER. That would walk to the altar. And just throw their hands up. And say God. Whatever it is you want to fix, change, replace, or expel. My heart's open. My mind is open. My body's open. My family is open. My children are open. Because I want to be in the right trauma center for the next five minutes of my life. I want the right physician handling what matters. The Holy Ghost is fixing to speak. I feel it.